What is up for Reelers? Coming to you from Los Angeles, California. This is For, for Real. I'm Greg. And I'm Tyler. And guys, 2020 keeps rolling on. There have been some big news, some shocking news. I'm just going to say it's from here. We, we always try to have a great time on the show, but uh, a lot has happened uh, since we last recorded. It took the last week off. And um, came into this week with some big news that we'll share with you guys. I'm sure you've already heard, found out, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more for real style. Hope that we could still have fun on the show. Tyler, how you been? How you doing? Hanging in there. Well, let's just get right into it because even though I've had some days, it's still uh, not an easy thing. No, no. So hopping into our first story of the day, as you guys know, Unfortunate news that on Friday afternoon, uh, Mr. Chadwick Boseman passed away. Now, this is old news in terms of the, you know, being journalist, journalistic styling, but it's still heavy news. It's, it's something that I think has affected you and myself, Tyler, quite deeply. For those who didn't know, uh, Mr. Boseman passed away at the age of 43 from colon cancer and the world is you know people a lot of people make jokes that 2020 is one of is one of the worst years in experiencing things this kind of takes uh that whole this whole year to that level you know if for those who don't know chadwick i don't know who doesn't Um, But he has starred in movies like Get On Up, uh, 42, The Five Bloods, and obviously his portrayal of the Black Panther in Marvel's cinematic universe. It's unfortunate news. And it's, it's something that I don't think that anyone saw coming, or at least I didn't see it coming. I wasn't paying attention to the science too much. I did noticed some changes in his lifestyle um, from a few interviews just about a year, year and a half ago, where I was like, you know, what's, what's going on with him? But with, with movie stars, we never really know if it's for the role or if it's actually happening in their actual lives. Um, and unfortunately, we, we had word of that on Friday that he did pass away from this illness. Tyler, what are your thoughts? You you said that you know it was hard to see coming, and I I think that that's an understatement. He he didn't tell anybody, and he continued. I mean, he was diagnosed in 2016, and he right after Civil War, and he filmed so many movies in between treatments, and didn't tell anybody. He didn't tell Kevin Feige. He didn't tell Ryan Coogler. He didn't tell anybody. It was just people that were that were close to him. So. I think that makes it even more tragic that he put in all of this work and all of this great work and he was suffering and he did it all while suffering and nobody, nobody knew. Yeah. There's, there's a great lesson in this, you know, usually as human beings, we, we like to woe is me a lot, you know, life is, hard and certain things happen. I think that it's a testament to the strength of this man to keep fighting and not even sharing his pain 
with other people other than his family, his close friends and family, sharing, sharing his experience in that. But for you not to know that someone is suffering that much means that they're exuding a great amount of energy into the world and deciding to give more than they could take with, you know, everything from the Farrell family to the family and friends of Chadwick Boseman. We want to extend our condolences. We want to extend our love and support for all the great things that he's done. Obviously, you know, transcending the screen. I think a couple of weeks ago we were talking about, you know, at least I was talking about how Black Panther had changed the way in which I viewed myself on screen. And that's all thanks to, you know, such a terrific actor on screen to exactly what he said in uh, an interview, well, not an interview, an awards speech soon after. I think it was for the, uh, for the, for the Screen Actors Guilds Awards. I'm not sure. I'm all, I'm all, it's, it's hitting me, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's good when you have black talented people that could come out and just be people and not have to fit into a, a, a stereotypical role. That's exactly how it felt. And I thank you, Chadwick, for taking part in such a project where it made me feel like these things are now possible for our people. So I applaud you. I wish your family and friends well. And I hope that your legacy continues with persons like myself and the majority of the African-American community. With that being said, on the business side of things, people like Marvel and Disney have some choices to make. Now at the moment, it is reported that, you know, Marvel Studios and, and Kevin Feige specifically, when he heard the news that, that Chadwick had passed, the concern is not directed at what are they gonna do with the cinematic universe? But we all know that that's, that's gonna be a conversation point, if not this week, but a few weeks from now. Um, at the moment, the um, you know, statement was made that they're gonna you know, grieve for the loss of their, of their comrade, of their friend um, within their work environment. But Disney and Marvel have a lot of big decisions to make, especially when it comes to fulfilling that role of the new king or queen in that space. So Tyler, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts around who's going to be the new Black Panther? I, I think it's obvious you, you don't recast T'Challa. Disney has proven that they can have people on screen from, from the grave. They did it with Carrie Fisher with, with Star Wars to granted varying success but you know they don't need to do it in such a large part like how they did in the third star wars movie she was in it a lot more than i think people were expecting but you 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 give him his send-off and then you pass the mantle to shuri i could respect that i could respect that there's no way in which they could rebound from recasting t'challa uh with a new face it would be interesting to see Shuri in that role and what that would mean for the 
rest the Sims, what, what are they what are they going to do because obviously he's not he's not only pivotal within Black Panther but he's also a pivotal role in Avengers he's also a pivotal role in some of the other Marvel not universes but in some of the other Marvel movies that are destined to come out probably even series series that they might have in the future um, as they move into phase four so um, a lot to think about, a lot to think about. I, you know, in that, in that framework, don't mean to, to come across insensitive if anyone thinks that, but, you know, as a business, that's something that you got to do um, and kind of think what's, what's this going to be like for the studio in the future um, when it comes down to that. Um, lastly, uh, to stray away from, from that uh, bit of news, seems like one of Disney's stars is having an issue with Disney. Tyler, bring us in with that one. So in a recent interview, John Boyega has come out and begun to criticize the most recent Star Wars films for ultimately promising one thing and then doing another uh, in regards to uh, actors and characters of color, uh, pushing them to the background and giving all the nuance to characters like Daisy Ridley's Rey and Adam Driver's Kylo Ren. Uh, there's obviously a lot that you can say about this new Star Wars series, but this is there. There is definitely some some merit to what he has to say. I, I would definitely agree with uh, that, especially in regards to the third movie regarding Finn and uh, Kelly Marie Tran's uh, character Rose. Yeah, I. So the the this story is is frustrating to me already because um, mm. you know I, I don't I don't like to see that especially from two talented actors and two people who absolutely deserved their roles and deserved to be treated with with respect as well. I made the mistake of reading the comments underneath the articles that have been posted and uh, that makes it all the more frustrating to me because a lot of what I've been seeing is everyone just saying, well, they should just be grateful that they had those roles. They need to, you know, they're, they're not even that talented. They should be ha just happy that they were included or, you know, something to that effect. And it's, I mean, I think every actor should be grateful for every role that they have. So in, in that very, 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 very small respect, sure. Right. They, they, they should be any actor should, like I said, any actor should be grateful for any role that they get. I think that it's just continuing the marginalization of people of color and roles like this. And it's very frustrating. And it's, again, to, to not dive too far into real world, you know, what's going on in the world politically, but I it's comments like that that don't make me surprised we are where we are. Right. I, I got I got I got a question for you. So before before I come out with my with my comments on, on this whole thing, I just kinda wanna poke the bear a little bit and just kinda thought I should probably make Tyler a little bit more pissed off. This this oh, good. this is what this is what I'm this is what I'm gonna do right now. For you guys. This is for you. I don't like to piss off Tyler, but you know, like I, I wanna see. I want to see what his thoughts are. 
how much of this, Tyler, my friend, my buddy, how much of this do you think is racially motivated versus a business move by Disney? So reason why I say that is what if, you know, Disney through any channels that they have, I don't mean, I'm not trying to give them a scapegoat, but I kind of am, right? What if through the many channels that they have, because I have seen comments, not not joined by Boyega's um, character, but- Rose, um, Kelly Marie Tran. Rose, Ke- yeah, right? That their, their characters weren't appreciated within the realm. So it doesn't, doesn't mean that the acting was poor, just means that they probably, that the writing was probably off or whatever the case might be. And their characters did not transcend the way in which Ray and Kylo probably translated onto screen. In my honest opinion, I, I think that after the first one, the story just kind of fizzled out for me. But, um, and I found myself gravitating more to the original cast than the new cast anyway. But how much of this do you think was one research or analyst going to the studio head and saying, hey, these characters aren't doing so hot. How about we switch them out for for the, let's just default to our, our our notion of like white is right kind of situation. I think definitely in the case of Kelly Marie Tran, that's the case. I know a lot of people did not respond to her character for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. She was attacked on social media after Last Jedi. They ended up being so bad she ended up deleting her social media and it kind of it, mm. you, oh. <laughs> so I, I had to pop the bear i had to i had to I I, had i'm to. i'm i'm trying to keep it keep it family friendly right now because i <laughs> i have a lot of uh choice words to say but we we've, we've talked about this before on this podcast about how fan bases especially the Star Wars fan base, how toxic it is and how mm-hmm. basically in the third movie, the filmmakers listen to the complaints about her character and essentially wrote her out of the script with her not really being a part of the movie until the end. And even then it was like five minutes that she, I don't think she really spoke a line until the third act, despite just kind of being right. in the background. She she was literally shuffled to the background, like Boyega said. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually read the Colin Trevorrow script from when he was originally going to direct and the whole Book of Henry thing where he stepped away from the, the directing gig and all of that. And, uh, you know, Rose was much more involved. She was a bigger part of the story. So I know for a fact... Mm-hmm that it's true yeah so so that's that's why that's the only thing that i would run so i understand the argument let me let me jump in with my point real quick let me jump in with my point because tyler got me heated with this story this morning and i i needed to to let some things out i don't think that this was racially motivated i think that this is as you said the fans of this series and they could come at me I'm ready for you guys on Twitter, bro. I'm ready for y'all, right? I'm ready for y'all on Instagram too. I think that the fan, the fan base of the Star Wars series has gotten to a point where they think they know what's best. 
and they think that they know how to direct, shoot, produce this movie. Y'all need to get out of your own headspace. I think that the studio head or the studio itself needs to, for lack of a better word, nut up. And if you have a plan for your film, stop thinking so much about the dollar amount. It's Star Wars, it's gonna make money. And start focusing on what your vision is versus, oh, her character didn't pull very well, so therefore we're gonna, no, then write the character better. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So instead of, instead of cutting the character out because you're afraid that your fan base, who are very vocal, so it's, it's, it's a catch 22 either way. Your fan base is saying one thing, and then you do something to appease them, but they're, but they're still not happy with the changes that you've made. And then that affects the people that work with you, like your actors, to have comments like this from, from Mr. Boyega. So I don't think like, yes, we could go, we could, I think that if we go the racial route, we're not going at the problem. The real problem is that the fans are forcing the studio to make decisions that then the fans don't really respect. I think that the studio has the power. If you have the power to make those certain choices, so Boyega is right for, for criticizing them on, on shifting their, their perspective. But I, I, think, I, think it would be, I think that it would be inaccurate to say that this was like totally racially driven or, or in, in favor of, of, of white people, or the, the, you know, whatever. I, I agree with you to a point because uh, mm-hmm. when when they decide to uh, when they have their plan and they so abruptly decide to sh- shift focus, they ended up focusing on the characters that they could that were already set up and exactly. But again, regardless of how and you, it, it doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look good. So let let me let me get to my last part of the point. My last part of the point is that their default was to go with the quote unquote safe route, which is putting the white actors as the foreground. That's the, that's the racist part, right? Or that's, that's the discriminatory part, right? But I don't, I don't think that the decision to move in that direction was racially motivated. That's, that's, my, that's, that's the thing that I'm coming to. I think that the studio needs to think more about sticking their guns and going through with their plans. If you have a, if you had a plan for in the second one, don't remove the, the director that you originally had, right? In the, in the second one, don't cut the story up that it looks like a, like a paper mache mosaic. You, you see what I'm saying? In the third one, don't, throughout the entire film, don't, do these make these sudden changes to appease a fan base that will never be happy with everything that you do because they idolize and place the the original trilogy on the original I said trilogy original trilogy <laughs> on a pedestal that they don't they don't even know what they want. So if you're gonna appease to a fan base that quote unquote knows the story better than you, you have to come forward and say no, we're not we're not right? Support, support Tran, right? When she's getting attacked, the studio should have come forward and supported her through that time. They should have had a conversation with the actors as to what do you think this should look like? How do you think this could impact the, the community more and develop a story that will make you your millions, 
Because I, I honestly, like, this is my firm belief. I don't think that any studio really cares about the art form. They care about the dollar amount, which is the, that's, that's one sad. And they should honestly care about the people first, right? Not only your people in your boardroom, but care about the people who are working on the film, care about the people who are, are receiving the film, but don't care to the point that it's going to change your perspective as to the product you're going to put out. Right. If you're so, if you're going to be so fickle to what the guest has to say, now, now don't get me wrong. When the changes were made to Sonic, you ultimately made a better movie, but you have to have a line where that you don't cross. You have to have a standard that you don't want us to step away from. And that's my point. It's not, it's not, it's not all racially motivated thinking like a business person. Yes, you would look at that situation. I think that the thought process was right. I think that the thought process was right in terms of we need to make a change. I think that the change was wrong. The change was don't, don't, listen, don't, don't listen to the fans. Correct. Correct. I think, I think that the change, so for example, if I was the studio head for, if, if I was in charge of this project, the entire project, I'll be like, this is the plan that we have. We have, uh, Mr. George Lucas here to advise us on, on what we need to do. I hired this director. I hired these actors. I hired this crew and we're moving forward with it. And anytime that I have a situation where one of my actors, one of my crew members, one of my, if my director is under fire for something like that. Yeah. I'll talk to the fans. I'll, I'll let them know. I was like, I'm sorry that, you know, but this is the movie that we set out to make. You didn't like the Rose character. Tell me what you didn't like about the Rose character. And then listen to that and, and, and not cut her out of the third movie. You probably add more of it, but you add more that is relevant to a story that you could actually piece together. Now you have a situation where the trilogy was already, already feels like a mosaic. It, feels like it's all over the place you know what i'm saying it feels like this didn't make sense you know some characters that we thought were going to be you know throughout the entire trilogy got killed off in the first part like a lot of stuff took place in the film that the third one they just wanted to salvage the military and they still didn't make as much as they possibly could because of all of the pandering flip-flopping and you understand what i'm saying you understand what i'm saying though I, I do, and I, I, I will leave this before we, uh, we, we close the book on this for right now. The Emperor was not in that original script, and I think that's where their problems, outside of just not sticking to their guns, but deciding to ultimately go that route and not think it out, just have nostalgia fuel it rather than a good story, that was the mistake. And Lazy. like you said... Everyone who complained still complained about this new one. Correct. So lesson not learned. I mean, even though Disney is the kings of nostalgia, there's a plan and then there's last minute changes that you make to that plan. And there should be a, a cutoff point to like when you say enough is enough. Like this is, this is just too far. But anyway, so guys, coming to, you know, speaking about nostalgia, Usually during this segment, I like to, I like to do a little, you know, we like to do something nice and fun and, and spicy. Hopefully this is still, still a little fun and spicy, but usually in this part of the segment, we'll do a nice little Tyler's top 10 
where it's all sizzly and it's all fire. I was like, yeah, I know you enjoy it. I enjoy it. Uh, Tyler enjoys it. Tyler's dog enjoys it. Everybody does. But at this moment, we want to take some time to do a celebration of life for real style, using Tyler's top 10 as a way in which we could look at some of the late, great Chadwick Boseman's best moments to us, things that impacted us. You know, this man led such an amazing life and, and just knowing now that he spent the last four years battling cancer with a smile on his face. I remember seeing uh, a documentary series uh, with Kevin Hart on Netflix and I saw Chadwick walk into that room and he was thinned out and I think it was shot in 2018 um, or early 2019 and he was still energetic in the meeting as energetic as Chadwick could be um, he's still doing all that work and he's still pushing himself to the limits we just want to celebrate his life and we're going to do that for real style taking out Tyler's top 10 and turning it into the Chadwick Memorial series. So it's not an official segment, but it's all in, in respect of this this uh this young man's life. So Chadwick Bozeman was born in uh Anderson, <laughs> South Carolina. No, we're not gonna go into all of that. So Tyler, tell me, when was the first time that you discovered this man's talent? When was the first time that you saw him on screen and and what was your impact? What was his impact? Well, it's, it's interesting because I went back and I looked through his filmography and he, he did a lot of TV and I didn't realize it at the time and I don't really honestly have great memories of, of a lot of these things because it was either like a guest spot or I've only watched the TV show uh, once or only a couple episodes. But he was on a TV show that I watched called Persons Unknown. Uh, he also was in an episode of Fringe, which I watched uh, pretty religiously, as well as Justified. I watched that show a lot, and he was only in one episode of both of those shows. So, like, I while while that's true, the the first time that I remember seeing him, and I mean, already it was game changing. Was Forty Two, mm -hmm. the movie about Jackie Robinson. I uh, I remember where I was. I remember who I saw the movie with. I remember his incredible performance in that movie. Like he 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 just had a presence. Like you knew because at this point he'd really only done TV. He he'd been in a movie about uh, Jim uh, about Ernie Davis. Sorry, not Jim Brown. Yeah, he was in a movie about Ernie Davis uh, called The Express, which I never saw. Uh, that was in 2008. And then the the next thing that he did outside of TV was a movie called The Kill Hole, which I've never seen. And then he did 42. So he shot into the, the movie realm in such an iconic and meaningful role. I mean, you, you talked about how meaningful seeing him and Black Panther was, but he's been doing meaningful roles since before that. He, mm -hmm. he has been playing roles where he makes a difference, where he's trying to 
shine some light on something important. And it started with 42. Now, I've never seen 42 in its totality. Needless to say, that's, that's, a, that's a film that I would definitely uh, go back and get to once I have the opportunity. I think that my first memory of seeing Chadwick on screen, where I didn't even realize that he was there until like the years after, was uh, in Draft Day. Now, Draft Day, in that movie, he was not the feature presentation, needless to say. He was definitely a co-star in more ways than one. But I think that what impacted me the most was his portrayal of the of the character, Vontae Mack, and how he was able to really bring out the emotion of this of this young, you know, young college student going to the NFL number one draft pick to the Browns. He honestly, if I'm to really think about it, he made that movie for me. What I really enjoy about most of the roles that he does pick, whether it's like not as polished uh, a character, because Vontae was not a polished character. He was um, almost your, your stereotypical uh, country football player. But the depth in terms of, uh, you know, what he cared about and how his character in the film impacted the decision-making for Kevin Cosner's character, who's the head coach of the Browns, really, really resonated with me in a way that had me look at Chadwick differently in terms of, of who he was and as, a, as an actor and what he was willing to bring to the table. Now, honestly, uh, you could even say, well, he wasn't, he wasn't new back then. He's been acting for, for years till, till that point, but that was the first time I saw a star in the character who he was and uh, well, at least for me, that, that was my, that was my first time seeing him like really hit the screen. And I was like, oh, needless to say, I did see draft day before I started watching uh, 42. Uh, you know, what's funny, Tyler. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a big sports fan. I was not, I was not super interested in watching that film. Needless to say. Was it that you're just kind of tired of, of those types of movies or like, was it just you knew the story of Jackie Robinson and you're like, okay, I know what this is going to be. This is going to. I think, I think for me, it was coming at a time because it was a year, it was a year after uh, 12 years a slave. And uh, you know, that was a very heavy movie for me. And um, I didn't, I didn't want to, I think at the time I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to feel heavy. So um, when it came out, it wasn't like a super draw to me. Plus, um, personally in my life, I was going through some stuff in 2013 that it never drew me to that film initially. A lot of people asked me, it's like, man, you haven't watched 42? I was like, nah, it's, you know, it was, you know, a, a lot of times we, we, we like to just think about the movies independently versus like what's actually happening to you personally. Um, uh, 2013 was a rough year for me. So, uh, I didn't see a lot of films, this one. And then two, um, I wasn't in the mood. I think I think that my own life was was so hard. I didn't want to see someone else struggle on screen. You know, if that makes sense. That's that's a that's a whole nother podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> but again, to to kind of that, I'm, I'm I'm at a loss for words. That uh, that magic 
I guess that he was able to to put on on screen uh same year's draft day he was in get on get on up about mm-hmm. James Brown and I mean if you didn't know him from 42 or draft day you knew him from that movie mm-hmm. correct the movie it's it's okay but mm-hmm. you remember him correct and from here on out really with the with the exception of uh this Netflix movie message from the king which I have not seen I mean I guess he 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 was in gods of egypt we'll we'll just leave it at that <laughs> um but everything else he i mean from from his first scene in civil war i hot take not a big fan of civil war mm. um, me either but 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 his stuff in that is so good like he he made his impact known on what inside the marvel universe he set the tone and i mean it's it's no surprise he went on to 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 be an amazing t'challa he you know i i watched 21 bridges he's he's very good in that it's a pretty uh standard cop movie no no real surprises but uh he he's great in that he makes the roles has in in the five bloods as as Storm and Norman, he mm-hmm. he's pretty much a cameo in the movie. He's barely yeah. in the movie, but he's so good. Like you you understand why these men are doing what they're doing in the movie because of him. Yeah, he he comes out and he makes an impact, and that that's that's what his ultimate legacy is to me is his impact. You know he he played Thurgood Marshall. I mean, he was a T'Challa in four movies. Yeah. And, and most of uh, what I'm seeing is that, like, most of his career was done. Well, I mean, like, he has two movies that got released in 2016, three movies that got released in 2016 that he was a part of. And then from there on out, from uh, 2017 till now, was the majority of his career was the big blockbuster and not I, I think so there are a couple things that that I really appreciate about this man the fact that he is such a talented actor was such a talented actor it's still hard for me to believe that he's gone uh, but he's he's such a talented actor that you know for all the film purists out there that you know blockbusters or or, or, or the the no, Avengers movies, the Marvel movies are like theme parks, you know. Um, he brought such a genuine feel to these films. And he brought, he, he brought something to the table that I don't think that a lot of actors have. And has been in, so, so you were talking about 21 Bridges. You said that he did a good job. I think that he was the movie. Without, without this, without him in the movie, I don't think I don't think they I think they would have had a subpar film, to say the least. I think I think that he he brought he brought his talent and he brought his ability to the film. And then when it comes to the Black Panther movies, uh, or the Black Panther uh, character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, until Black Panther, you know, because he was like you said he was in Civil War, but until Black Panther, like it changed the way in which Black people 
see themselves on screen. Now, there are a lot of people that argue, yes, they have been black superheroes before, but I could say for myself, and I'm not talking for my entire community, I've never wanted to be blank man. I've never wanted to be blade. I've never wanted to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was probably like a, a, a hint of like, you know, I could be Blade, but you've never had a movie that was not such a subdivide of black people and white people. You had, you had a community or a society that was built around the strength of their leading man in T'Challa, in Chadwick Boseman, that made me walk out of that theater as if I was a 12 year old kid saying, I wanna be that someday. I wanna do that someday. It opened up gates to all new possibilities. And I think that that's a heck of a legacy to live. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot. So, you know, just, just a few things, just a few things from, from me at least, you know, like I said earlier in the, in the podcast, like I really, I really want to extend our condolences to the friends and families of, uh, friends and family of uh, Chadwick Boseman. I wish that he, I wish that we knew, you know, um, sooner. And, um, but our prayers and our, our thoughts, you, you know, we, so that you know, we recognize the talent and the, the immensely great human being that he was. He was so quiet. He was so quiet, at least to, to, the, to the public eye. Anytime that we look through the news, it, it has nothing to do with him personally. Um, and not to say that, that I go through a lot, of, uh, a lot of tabloid news, but there's really, there's, there's, you know, such a strong character, such a clean character, you know, he'll truly be missed. By, by everyone who he has touched in this world. And I, wish, I wish the family the best and our thoughts and prayers are always with, with him through this time. So not quite your Tyler's top 10, not quite the fun, snippy, but you know, that's how life goes, guys. That's how life goes. Sometimes you have ups, sometimes you have downs. And, you know, to celebrate this man's life, we, we just have to, we just have to, to do what we think is 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 right for us and for for our communities so at this point i'm just rambling guys i'm just rambling but it's always nice to be with you guys i hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of for real episode number 44 of the for real podcast before we go i know you guys like to brush up on your reading Reading is important, right? If you love to read and you love to stare at your laptop, phone, or tablet, and you love film, that's some combinations right there. I got the perfect place for you. After the credits, blog.com is your number one source for movie reviews, and some special film series that they do have right now on the website. They have writers series, they have directors series, thought provoking stuff, guys. If you didn't know about it, you should head over to after the credits blog.com and go get a gander. Put your eyes on it. 
gain some knowledge, better yourself by going to this website. And after you go to afterthecreditsblog.com, I want you guys to head over to your Facebook. It's not hard. It's on the, on the iPhone. It's a little swipe up and, and move. And you get to that Facebook and you type it after the credits blog. And for certain, guys, you guys need to go like, share, and subscribe to that the same way that you like, share, and subscribe with the Frill Podcast. We appreciate you guys every week. We love you. I hope you guys have a good week, a uh, good weekend. Uh, stay safe. Enjoy yourselves. Tyler, you have a great weekend, you magnificent man. And we'll see you on the next episode of For Real.